Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I am really happy that you're listening. First things first, um, if you don't mind, wherever you're listening, Spotify, iTunes, wherever it is, if you don't mind, it really helps us when you subscribe and you leave a five-star review. Um, That helps the podcast gain traction, makes it easier for people to find the whole nine yards. Really appreciate that. It also helps me give spotlight to our wonderful sponsors like Pack Racing Springs. Pack Racing Springs has finally figured out that you guys, the listeners, are the same people that are going to be interested in their kits. Um, Pack Racing Springs is a company that has been around for a very long time with high-quality United States-made coils, springs. All their parts are made in the USA, um, which is a really big deal. And it's a it's a United States-American company. It's not a huge corporation. Um, I feel really strongly about both of those things, but... More than anything, they have extremely quality product. And specifically in my area of expertise is uh, in their UTV spring kits. I run their standard full all eight springs with crossover rings and sliders spring kit. It is their trail series package. Honestly, the package is set up for a little bit of racing and a little bit of trail riding and it's been awesome. Again, I've talked about the coils, powder coat's great, quality on them is great. Everything's awesome. Pack Racing Springs, um, they, you know, never going to sag, never have that issue. They're just incredible quality. But more than anything, um, I did a podcast with Chris Berger, who is the one of the shock technicians there, shock wizards. And, uh, man, we just went through the whole process of how to get your car, how to get your side-by-side riding the way you want it to. And it was so easy. Um, he answered all my questions. I told him, hey, this is my goal. I want to race a little bit, but I want to ride, you know, sometimes and we got the kit for me i'm actually using the standard weight spring which is a factory replacement for the polaris car but it does utilize longer springs more high quality springs it also utilizes um you know new tender springs which puts a whole lot of life into the car and honestly just the upgrades that i've made in that utv spring kit have been incredible. Um, I've put almost 200 miles on the car since I put the spring kit on, and the quality is just unparalleled. The ride is substantially better. Um, again, it's a it's kind of a little half and half kit, and I was blown away by the increase in the tender springs uh, alone. Just going through the slow stuff, it soaks up everything a whole lot better. Um, I really can't complain. Really, really happy to have them on board. And if you can't afford the full spring kit, start with a tender kit. It would make the world of difference on your side-by-side, especially if you have a Polaris. Um, these razors, man, these razors come stock with doo-doo butter uh, tender spring kits. So give those guys a check out at racingsprings.com. Tell them Racing on the Rock sent you, or if you purchase on the website, use code ROR, and that'll get you 10% off your entire order. And you can use that as many times as you want. So on the full spring kit, there's 100 bucks right there. So free $100. Another sponsor I want to give a shout out to is Infinite Off-Road. Everything from mirrors with lights in them, wheel rings, whips, rock lights, light bars, light pods. Basically, if you can attach a light to it, Infinite Off-Road has that on their website. That's infiniteoffroad.com. They also actually offer 10% off to you guys, the listeners, with code ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S. And again, I will beat it until it's dead and y'all are tired of hearing it. Their 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty is unparalleled. Um, The customer service is really high quality. Getting a warrantied product is super easy to do. 
Um, Mike and his team have just made it really easy to order, really easy to get a warranty product, and they, it's not just cheap China garbage. It's really quality products. You get what you pay for. And with a company that stands behind it with a warranty like that, seriously, unparalleled. Um, and they also carry a bunch of hard parts too, uh, like suspension components and even a you know very specific style cage from Wide Open Design that's really unique to Infinite Off-Road. Uh, again, would 10 out of 10 deal with them every single day. Another another company and another guy I would deal with every day is Dustin Robbins and his team over at All Things UTV. Um, basically, for suspension, I tell people pack racing springs for lighting and other miscellaneous hard parts. I tell them Infinite Off-Road because um, they both give us discounts. But pretty much everything else you need for your car, wheels, tires, blow-off valves, shifters, uh, other suspension components, tie rods, you know, you name it, and all things UTV has you covered. Um, they have been very generous and, and always will step on board. And Dustin's customer service, personally, um, you know, whether he's on Facebook all the time or answering your questions, Dustin is really, really great about making sure that you guys have what you need. Um, and he's the only place I know that carries RS1 diffs in stock and can sell you the conversion kit for any uh, model Polaris Razor you have. He also carries Can-Am and Yamaha parts. And uh, he's been developing Talon parts as well. So if you have a Honda Talon, please jump on board. Give him a call at allthingsutv.com. Now, thanks for uh, making it through that with me. Um, Tim Bacon, man. Tim Bacon, the big block crew, has finally made it to Racing on the Rocks. We talk about everything today. This is one of my favorite podcasts just for the sole fact of we talk about everything. And it was great. Uh, I had a good time talking to him. We talk endurance racing uh, talk a little bit of fishing, and we talk about you know just what it's like to have watched the sport evolve, and how he's been able to find success here lately. Um, so we'll jump right into it, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Bacon. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. I got Tim Bacon with us. Tim, how you doing? I'm good, man. Good. Just getting get off work. I'm going to go soak up some air conditioner. There you go. That's the way to be today. It's hot. Yeah. Uh, so, first things first, um, where are you based out of? Uh, I live in Charleston, Tennessee. My race shop is in Cleveland, Tennessee, which is pretty much the same town. Yeah. We're, hey. we're about 30 minutes north of Chattanooga. Okay, gotcha. Um, it's did uh? It sounds like it's a little hard to hear you now. Did you switch the speaker? How's that? There you go. That's better. All right. Well, uh, so you said you're about 30 minutes north of uh, Chattanooga. Yes, sir. All right. Cool. Yeah, that's way better on the sound. Um, well, let me ask. Uh, what do you do outside of racing? How do you how do you fund the sport? Fund it. I, I I work my tail off. Yeah, <laughs> I, I believe I actually it. work I work in Lookout Valley, okay. Tennessee, basically Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. I'm a machinist by trade. I do a little bit of welding, but I work for Industrial Technology Group as a machine shop supervisor. Okay. Yeah. I've got CNC mills, lathes, routers, uh, water jets, lasers, or just a small. I don't. I wouldn't call it small. We're a job shop. Yeah. In Chattanooga. Man, that's awesome. Because uh, that that you know what you do as a living translates directly over to the buggy. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Ye
Yes, sir. So, uh, what do you like to do outside of racing? Because that's a question I get all the time. And uh, you know, if you're not out there racing, are you a lake person? Are you a hiker person? Are you do you know concerts? What do you like to do? Um, uh, mainly spend time with my family or fishing. Yeah. I used, before I got into racing, I used to bass fish like four days a week. Wow. So, uh, and fishing four tournaments a week, try to, but. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I've always had a passion for fishing. Yeah. So if I wasn't if I wasn't racing, I would probably try to be a professional bass fisherman. That's awesome, man. Because uh, my family, my parents actually grew up in the Chattanooga area, and my dad grew up in Flintstone, Georgia. And uh, there's lots of fishing up there. I've been on a bunch of different lakes down there. It seems like it's been a while since we've been down there. But only thing to do down there every time we go is go fishing, and uh, it's beautiful out there. Well, yeah, you got the number two big bass lake in Chattanooga, which is Chickamauga. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I didn't realize it was that like highly ranked. That's yeah. Cool. You know, it's crazy. Um, just hearing that, you know, you're from Tennessee, and a lot of the guys are from Tennessee, Alabama, Kentucky, and um, it's just crazy to have such a dense area of drivers and and. and to see the birthplace of rock bouncing is kind of in this area. It feels feels cool, you know, being able to say I come from this area as well. Yeah. But we'll go ahead and get into it, man. Uh, congratulations on the win last weekend. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive. Thank you. I've been waiting on that for a for a while now. Mainly, I got lucky. That's all it is. So why do you say you got lucky? Because it looked like to me that you you just chose the right place at the right time and you know you just you shot it and it worked well i, I finally got lucky on where i got uh my number to run which is 23 so srs they run on the first hill they run the even numbers mm -hmm. or odd numbers first second hill they run the even numbers first so with me being 23 on hill two i got to go towards the back so i got to sit there and watch 80% of the field tried. Mm -hmm. And uh, another thing I got lucky was my brother, which he finished second on Hill 1. He got up there, couldn't find the line, couldn't find the line. Then he, he finally found it and timed out. Mm -hmm. So that was one lucky break. Yeah, that's true. But then, well, then he spotted for me on that exact line, and I just, my buggy just fell in the right spots, and Everything worked out. And I would say the next lucky break is uh, Timmy's line didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, but, that's true. Uh, he did put on one great show, and I was glad to see that. Nobody's seen that in about five years out of him. Yeah. I mean, people seen him win, which is cool and all, but what he did Saturday was just, I mean, it was great. Yeah, I agree. Absolute beatdown. So let me ask you this. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of jump into everything. I mean, do you think that, I mean, things are different now in terms of racing. You know, racing used to be not as, I don't want to say as structured, but, you know, it used to be, you used to see a lot more of those, you know, get out there, thrash it, beat it down, kill it until it won't go anymore. And we just don't see that anymore. Why do you think that is? I mean, is it the courses or is it the drivers have a mentality change? What's going on? Uh, I mean, I think it's a, a lot of it's a mentality change as to uh, if you don't finish, you don't win, or if you're not fast, you don't win. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, money's a big factor of it. 
the rigs nowadays are, are way more expensive than what they were yeah. back when people just go out and beat on them. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, parts are tougher. Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I couldn't really answer that question too well. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I don't really know if there is an answer. That's why I ask you, but just because, you know, it just it just seems like the sport is going, you know, it, it sounds like a good word, but the sport's getting more, air quotes, professional. And you're getting more dedicated racers, people who want to show up, you know, make sure they win and, and you know, pack their stuff up, go home and get ready for the next race. And I feel like it, it used to be like that to some degree, but not as serious as it is now. Yeah, I mean, you get more and more dedicated drivers, so, uh, I mean, I don't really, <laughs> it's a hard one to answer. Yeah, no, I understand. I definitely uh, understand. But how long have you been around the rock bouncing sport? Uh, I started racing at the Gorilla Run in Hot, Hot Springs, Arkansas. Yeah. I can't quite remember the, the uh, year. But I had a black buggy as a big, wide, heavy buggy, two-inch tube. And, yeah. Uh, and then not too long after that, I built the white one. Well, I guess I raced that black one for a couple years. Mm -hmm. So I would say I've been racing uh, point series and whatnot for about six, seven years. Yeah, because I mean, but I mean, I, I mean, I've been rock bouncing since before I could drive. Right, right. Because it, I mean, that whole mindset is definitely something outside of the sport. But you know, when people think of the sport, they think of of your entire crew. They think of the family, and you guys are are, are a pivotal group in the rock bouncing sport. And and you guys really, I mean, y'all been with it since the get go, really. Yeah. So well, I would say I would say Dad's been hill climbing slash rock bouncing for close to 40 years now man that's crazy so i mean yeah like what what did it when you're growing up with that just kind of around you you know your dad's doing it obviously you're out there you know to some degree you said before you're even driving you know like what how, how do you feel about where it is today like how far it's come what do you think about that i would have never thought it would made it this far the big sponsors that are that are sponsoring these races. Mm -hmm. uh, just the the uh, amount of competitive drivers there are. Mm -hmm. it's, it just blows my mind how big it's gotten. Just coming from a bunch of rednecks, just going out climbing hills to see who can climb it, or yeah. taking the harder line. Yeah, it's it's crazy how much it's grown and. I would say the last five years is crazy how much it's grown. Yeah, certainly so. And that's something I talk about a lot a lot with the drivers is, you know, it seems like every year somebody somebody makes a big push in one direction. Like, you know, we're seeing the horsepower game right now. And, uh, you know, the big blocks have always been around, but now we're seeing monster horsepower. And, yeah. you know, over the past couple of years, it's been primarily in suspension and tires that we've seen the big growth. But... You know what do you what do you think about all this big power? Because you guys are big a big power big block team, but you know we're starting to see you know crazy power come out. What do you think about that? Uh, I think there's a limit to what is usable. Uh, everybody always says you can't have too much horsepower, but you can if you can't drive it. Well, that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I like I like I don't have the high amount of horsepower as most of the guys do. I'm still just 
I'm probably less than 800 horse, but I like to think I can drive, I can handle mine. But, uh, I mean, it's great. You know, I love seeing these big horsepower motors come out mm -hmm. and just just ripping it up. I mean, do you, you, stand, beside, you stand beside Gold Rush or, or my Chesler new buggy uh -huh. when they fire those things off and there's no other feeling. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is, you know, Gold Rush brought a new, a new flavor to the sport, and you know, I'm curious to see, you know, once Shane gets that worked out and and kind of gets more seat time and that kind of thing, um, you know, because as every single one of us in this entire race world and, and you know the off road world, everybody starts somewhere, and it does just take a little bit of time to get the ball rolling. But yeah. once everything gets, you know, figured out and gets nailed down, I'm curious because, you know, uh, Timmy made advancements in suspension and then now we're seeing advancements in, you know, chassis design and, and uh, horsepower. And I'm curious just where it goes from there. And, you know, again, you being one of the original guys, I just want to know, you know, where do you think this all lands and, and you know, where are we going to be in five years? Really, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh, I hope it never stops. I hope it just continues to grow. We get more drivers, more sponsors, uh, race more weekends. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hope it. I mean, I would like to see it as big as NASCAR. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about let's talk about your white buggy. Because uh, this this thing is is tested, tried and true. Um, you've had it for how many years now? I think it got built in what 2016. 2015. 15. Okay, so you yeah. built a buggy in 15. Um, you know, some of these guys change buggies like they change underwear, and you've had it, and it seems like you've got the bugs worked out. Everything's running the way you want it to. You know, you have the seat time in it. Uh, tell me about. You know, just everything. We, if you want to start at the wheels and tires and go in, if you want to start at the chassis and go out, just tell me uh, about it. Well, the chassis, I, can, I built it myself. And uh, I built the axles. I run Raceline wheels with the 43-inch Dickies. And uh, it's got a 498-inch big block with a Holley HP fuel injection system. A PTC 400 turbo with a SCS straight drive case. Mm -hmm. 14 bolt front with Overson axles. Uh, essentially off road knuckles and inner seas. Yeah. The rear is a 14 bolt with 40 spline uh, 300M axles. Uh, I mean, it's, it's nothing special. It's just something that I've tried. I've got uh, trailing arms on the rear that I've, the, uh, Riot Series, trailing arms. When did you put those on? This past winter, so this is my first season on trailing arms. How do you feel about it? Obviously, you know, everybody's moving that way, and that seems to be the better solution, but how do you feel about it? Uh, I feel, I guess, I mean, it, I, it's helped my buggy. I mean, it, it just absorbs so much more. I've got way more wheel travel than what I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you have to have them to win, but it does help. Do you think, uh, thing, go ahead. I just, I fear of them dragging out all the time, the trailing arms. Yeah, absolutely. And, and bending one, and, but 
it just seems like they're easier to tune if that makes any sense yeah it does definitely because it makes that you know it makes that part of the suspension become a lot more alive and, and when you've got life in something uh, you've got tunability and there's a lot more you know a small adjustment makes that much bigger of a change whenever you put it on the car so yeah. um, I mean but, I, I feel like the main thing that's helped me this year is my seat my, I've put a full containment turkey seat uh-huh. so it's got the head containment shoulder containment I just feel like I'm sitting in my buggy a lot more my head doesn't bounce around as much my yeah. body's not moving around and people don't believe me when I tell them that but I mean, they blame it on the trailing arms. Yeah. But I think it's more of the seat than anything. Yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I mean, that's the same same difference between, you know, a, a lot of our listeners are, are uh, UTV guys and side-by-side guys, and that's the same difference of going from, you know, a stock seat to, I, I ran Kirky and uh, the Razor buggy I had, and going from stock seats to those seats, I mean, you don't move at all. And yeah. I didn't have a dead pedal in my buggy, but I didn't need one because when I was harnessed in and, and strapped down, you know, I was not going anywhere. I could keep the car straight. I could see where I was going better. So I completely understand, you know, as, as far as driver capabilities and, you know, the ability for the driver to know what's going on, the seat is everything. Yes. So I, I definitely I, understand I that. I think that that's a really good, you know... I think that's really good advice because we have a lot of people that listen to the show and they're like looking for ways to make their buggy perform better, you know, always on a budget. Everybody's budget is always in mind and, you know, you have those things out there and uh, making sure that you're planted in the seat and hooked in, like that's a huge thing that no one talks about. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's a big safety thing too. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I feel great when that turkey's wrapped around me. Yeah, man. Uh, so speaking of safety, a lot of, you know, I've had a lot of interest myself in uh, running some of the Pro Rock series. Um, you know, what are you using for like a helmet and things like that? Do you just use any old helmet or you got you got a nice one you like? No, I've got, actually I've got two. I've got one that I race my bouncer with and I've mm-hmm. got another one that I wear during the survival race. Oh. And they're, they're both bells. My bouncer one's a bell. Uh, K1 Sport. Uh-huh. My Razor helmet is a Bell BR1 with a side air on it. Okay. So I don't. I try not to skip out on helmets or on device, whatever. And coming up through the years, I've I've always tried to wear Bell helmets when I race motocross or GMCC. Yeah. I always try to buy. Do not skip out on a good helmet. Yeah, that in a cage, man. That cage harness, all that fun stuff, man. You just can't. You just can't cheap out on that stuff. Yeah, but, but my bell, I've tried on other helmets and this and that, but the two bells that I have are very comfortable, get a great line of sight, just a great all-around helmet. Yeah, so so let me ask you, you know, because now's the part where I want to get into into preferences and things like that. Um, what's the what's the what's your favorite thing when you get in your buggy? What's the favorite thing you like about it? What do you what just makes you happy about the buggy? My big block. Yeah. So what, what? What's the big argument? You know, I see small block, big block, all this and that. I see all that stuff all the time. What's the big? You know, what? What's the argument about? Uh, I mean, people say that a small block will make as much power as a big block, but that doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, it, it won't. But I mean, some do. But the torque numbers is what matters to me. Because you got to get that weight moving. Yeah. 
And my buggy weighs in about 4,500 pounds. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to have some torque to keep to get it moving and keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. Uh, now, I mean, the, the, a lot of people don't like the weight of the big block. Right. Is that the, is, I mean, that and the size, obviously it's going to be a little bit bigger. Um, but, yeah. but that, I mean, are those the only two drawbacks? Drawbacks. Well, you know, having a little bit of weight up there, which, <laughs> which I guess if your buggy's designed properly, that's not going to be a drawback. Yeah. I mean, I've run both. I prefer a big block just because of it. And to me, they're a little cheaper to build, depending on which route you go. Yeah, for sure. To get to get the power you want. Yeah. I wouldn't say there's. I don't have any drawbacks running a big block. I don't have any drawbacks to running a small block. It's just a personal practice thing. Yeah. No, I I completely understand. Um, let me let me see here. I'm trying to think if I have any other questions for you about the buggy. Uh, where's your favorite? Yeah, let me ask you this. Where do you think that your buggy? performs the best obviously you took first place at hawk pride um and, and a lot of the time it's the driver and you know driver errors or you know driver positives good calls on the driver but what kind of what kind of race course does your buggy where is it going to win well i like big long dirt hills but if you look at my past record my buggy likes steep rocky technical climbs for whatever reason mm-hmm I mean, I, I won the first ALP uh, 50K Bounty Hill. Yeah. I climbed I climbed it twice, and there wasn't one other guy out of 40 or whatever climbed it. Now, did that actually pay 50000 out? It did. If you won all three of the five, it, it actually ended up paying thirty five to win. Uh, you had to win. You had to win all three of them to win the fifty. Yeah. But there was fifty being paid out. Man, that's nuts. Yeah, and then, uh, well, this past weekend, I climbed that rock section. I, I hate to say it, but it's leaning more towards the technical rock courses where my buggy performs best. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously that comes back to, like, exactly what you just said this weekend. And you yeah. kind of you kind of already hinted at it. Um, where is your favorite place to ride? If you're gonna If you're going to pick, hey, we're going to race here and I'm going to enjoy it, and you're racing... Where where are you going? Man, that's hard to answer. There's so many great places to go. <laughs> oh, give me your top three. How's that? Uh, I would say I enjoy the hills at Wildcat, and I I've rode a little bit of that park. I, I hear it's a great park, and what I've rode, it's a great place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shoot, that's hard. That's hard to do, man. They're well, all great places. Which ones come to mind? Let me ask that. ALP, it's a real good place. I mean, it's a good place for rock crawling, technical stuff, and it's just like an hour and a half from my house. Yeah, that's true. And then, uh, if you just want big, straight up climbs, which is, we don't really race there, but at the mountain. Oh, yeah. So, is that public land? No, it's private land, but there is a a uh, club you can join to go in there and ride that, kind of like a private club. Gotcha, gotcha. A lot like uh, West Point for for uh, UTV guys. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's a good one. I've I personally have never been there. Um, I've always heard about it, and I've seen obviously videos out there floating around, and uh, you know nothing nothing short of of some big big ass climbs out there. Yeah, I mean they're just. Just straight, just get after hills. 
Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta be ready to climb them when you get on it. Yeah, that's true. So let me ask you this follow-up question: Where is your least favorite place to go? And if you can't pick one, pick pick two. I mean, it's, it, it's going to make people mad uh-huh. that I that I race with or or SRS, but I would say bikini bottoms. All right, look. So here's the deal. Every time I have an, uh, a Southern Rock Racing Series driver on here, I ask them. I say, "Where's your favorite place to ride?" And I always ask them, you know, "Where's your where's your least favorite place to go?" And everybody has the exact same sentence. For the listeners who listen to all of the episodes of the podcast, you know it too. They go, uh, you know, so-and-so is going to be mad about this. Or so-and-so, you know, don't don't hurt your feelings. And every single time they say bikini bottoms. Yeah. Well, see, I'm, I'm not afraid to hurt anybody's feelings. But yeah, yeah. Just, well, if it makes you feel well, better, neither is anybody else apparently. <laughs> let, me, let me say this. If they'll get us off of that man-made crap, yeah. junk, concrete... And put us on some of those beautiful dirt hills that they have. Yeah, it would it would be a lot of, a lot different for me because I grew up on just big long straight climbs. Yeah, and that place would be a lot different for me. But as far as the man made stuff, I'm not for it. It's it's unforgiving. It's hard on parts. Yep. Uh, I mean, I've cut every tire I had this year so far on man made stuff. Yeah, I uh, I, you know, it's funny. Every every single person says the same thing about that hill. And about those big jump things, um, they just say it's brutal. I mean, I <laughs> just said I have, I have no other way to cut it, but you're definitely not alone there uh, in that one. <laughs> and we'll 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 leave that there. Um, but you know, going towards the future, you know, you, you have your buggy racing. You know, is, is your goal to, uh, you know, well, let me ask you like this. What's the goal for, for, obviously, you want to finish high in the season, but do you have any goals for the buggy? Is there, you know, do you want to finish top 10, top 5 in the bouncers? What's the goal uh, for you? Well, I want to stay in top 10. I finished 10th last year, so I want to do better than I did last year. Okay. So I'm sitting in, you said 7th right now. Yep, yeah, we just uh, looked before we started uh, recording, and you're in 7th right now. Yeah, I would love to get to the top five, but those guys in front of me, they're no joke. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard to get there, but I would like to be top five. Yeah, well, I think that's, again, I think that's a very, like, realistic uh, and, a, and a goal that's achievable. And uh, I, I, I am a very logical person, so I appreciate when people are, you know, oh, I want to win, you know, beat everybody by 100 points. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. You got good good competition, too. Um, yeah. Those make for the good podcast when people get stopped pretty quick. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I didn't know that you actually raced endurance. We You mentioned it just a few minutes ago. Um, yeah, what, I, what do you I think about it? Oh, man, it's a blast. Uh, you get to drive for an hour. Just yeah. a straight, straight hour of, of racing, wide open, hard as you can go. Are you in a, are you in a Razor Turbo? No, I'm just in a regular... Uh, XB 1000. I mean, I've got a stage three tune on it, which uh-huh. not much, but I just kind of got my feet wet in it last year mm-hmm. and and really enjoyed it. And I was going to build a turbo this year, but opted not to, so I'm just running my 1000. So let me talk to you because I'm in the exact same scenario where um, I've got the 1000 right now, and I'm building it to uh, 
basically I'd like to do an Ultra 4 race, just one next year, um, maybe the Dirty Turtle race, but I'd also like to do the Endurance Series. Um, I've got parts coming, all this and that. You know, uh, as far as the classes go, because again, a lot of my listeners, they have the same questions I do. Um, how do the classes work on, you know, pro versus amateur and 1000 versus turbo and modified? Can you like sort that out for me at all? So I only run the Pro Rock Survival Series. Mm-hmm. I don't run any Ultra Fours. Right, uh, right. It, the, the Pro Rock Series is what I'm talking about. Yeah, so so Pro Am. If you've never raced a survival race, you can sign up to run Pro Am. For and uh, I don't I don't know how long you can run it, but I just had a, I just got a friend of mine signed up and he's running Pro Am and won at Wildcat. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's a, it's true amateur racing. I mean, people that that want to race that come out, the entry fee's a little less. Uh, you run. There's no limit. I mean, you can run a turbo, you can run a one thousand, you mm-hmm. can run a nine hundred, even in pro am. And then the pro survival, it's open as long as you've got all your safety equipment in place. Yeah. Uh, there's no no restrictions on horsepower or turbos, modifiers, anything like that. So it's just run what you brung and hope you brought enough. So where all have you raced at for the for the endurance series? So I run last year. I run the busted knuckle race. Mm-hmm. I run at Windrock. Mm-hmm. And then I run, I missed mine, mate. I was on vacation, but I run that race to Riches in Rush, Kentucky, which was a two-hour race. Man. So, and then this year, I've run at Dirty Turtle and Wildcat. So, where, where's, where's been your favorite place to race endurance? Let me ask that first, because i got a couple questions for you. I would say either Windrock or Rush so far. So there's a there's a pro rock race next weekend. It's uh it's endurance at Winrock, right? Yes. Okay. What's the course like up there? Because where I've seen that they run the hills, there's not a lot of you know there's not like a lot of trails over there. I thought. So last year the track was seven miles. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and That's start right there where start right there where we run the bouncer hills. Uh huh. And it goes around behind them and takes off out through there a long ways. I never, I've been riding Windrock since it was before a park. Yeah. And I never knew that stuff back there. So was, I, they they normally don't let anybody back there. Okay, that's maybe why I, I have been so oblivious to it because when I see that they run those races there, and I know it's got to be in that area, like you, I've been there for you know years now at this point. I've never seen trails back there. I've tried to find some. And, you know, I was like, I don't know where they're racing them. I thought they were racing y'all up into, you know, through the parking lot of the main trail and, like, trying to get y'all hooked up on the on the trail system out there because I was like, there's not a lot of room out there. No, there. some of it was uh, Joey and some of his crew had cut in some new trails, and okay. then some of it was trails that were already there. Wow. I guess like old logging road, maybe. Yeah. But, but it was a pretty legit track. I mean, it was... It had its fast section, which it rained about eight inches the night before. <laughs> oh, classic. <laughs> yeah, and it was raining when we started that morning. So That's they cool. they took out some of the hard sections because they knew there was going to be bottlenecks. Yeah. 
So it was it was fast. It had technical sections. It was a it was a great course, great track. Do you? Uh, I mean, are there pretty serious climbs in these endurance races, or is it you know more geared towards like a track through the woods type feel? Um, there's some not too serious climbs where you're going to just wreck your stuff mm-hmm. and wreck everything, but there is some pretty technical sections, and there's some technical downhills. Uh, Joey, he does a good job at it, trying to mix it up. Mm-hmm. He don't, he don't want it to be like a, just a rally race where you're going out running dirt trails. Right, right. Then again, he wants everybody to be able to finish. Yeah, that's true. But uh, it's a good mixture of both. Nothing, nothing like what you're going to see at a at a razor bouncer race or nothing. But gotcha. Pretty pretty technical stuff. So where has been? I don't remember if I already asked you. Where's been your favorite place to? Uh, Endurance race that I already asked you. Yeah, Wind Rock. Rock, Wind Rock. Rush. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, have you had any? Have you finished all the races? I did last year. I finished Congrats. all of them. I entered except for one. Congratulations! This year, this year I've been trying to go a little harder, mm-hmm. and I haven't made it more than two laps. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I know it gets rough out there, but uh, yeah, that's wild. Is uh, is traffic a big issue on these endurance races? somebody slower you you give them a, a horn blow or hit mm-hmm. your siren they're usually pretty curious and they'll get out of the way and let the faster driver go are you uh are you using a horn or a siren i use a siren where'd you uh what brand siren are you using i don't have a clue i bought it off of the old truck mechanic down here in cleveland <laughs> that's the best way to be the way to do it right there though but it, it's very loud yeah that's good that's good i like that um well, that's good. So let me ask you, I, anybody that races endurance and does bouncer, I always ask them this, and um, I always get the same answer, but I ask everybody, if you had to pick between, you know, bouncing every single every single weekend, if you had a bouncer race every single weekend, or you had an endurance race every single weekend, which one are you going to go, which one would you have to pick, endurance or rock bouncing? It's hard. Because endurance is so fun, but I'm going to have to go with bounce, uh, rock bouncing because that's my roots. I understand that. And and the the fact that, you know, a lot of our listeners are, you know, I'll say this. Most everyone has said endurance racing. And a lot of our listeners, are, you know, I feel like, uh, the, you know, not the answer Jesse expected. But for someone, you know, with your heritage and your roots and rock bouncing to even have that momentary pause where you're like, I don't really know. they got to think about it. You know, that's pretty, that says a lot. And um, the only reason I spend a lot of time harping on the endurance series is personally, I think that that's where the future of side by side racing goes, especially for the Southeast. Um, it's, yep. It seems like the hills are great, um, but the hills are so dang hard on parts for UTVs. Um, yes. It's so hard on parts that I think that we'll see a big spike in endurance racing. And me, as somebody who wants to race, and me, as somebody who's just a fan of off-road racing in general, um, I'd love to see more races, more leagues, you know, more opportunity for drivers, and even, you know, more prize money, more sponsors, things like that. I'm really trying to push that league very, very hard. Yeah, and, and that's a big reason I picked Rock Bouse. UTVs are fragile. 
They are, man. Oh, it, it's, it's hard for me because I've been a bouncer for so long, raised a bouncer, <laughs> to get in my razor and and remember that it's just a razor. I can't treat it like my bouncer. Yeah. So that, that transition is what's hard for me. Yeah, I believe it because... Uh, you can beat on a bouncer pretty dang hard, and it's uh, not the same with a front diff and a side-by-side. Yeah, I mean, that's, they're, they're just the toughness. And not having to work on it every, every after every race because it is tough. Yeah, that is tough. Um, but that kind of just wraps up uh, what I had in mind in terms of, you know, just kind of talking about the rigs and stuff like that. Um one thing I did want to ask is, you know, we kind of I kind of talked to you about the future of the sport. Um, you know, do you think that endurance racing and, and and that type of thing is going to gain more popularity as time goes on? I think it will. Among in a certain series, uh, I think one series is going to lose population and another one's going to gain it. Sure. Yeah. And just because of the rules and the entry fees and and certain things, but. Yeah, I think it's going to gain a lot of popularity. Now, what do you think about rock bouncing? Do you think that, you know, you've got side-by-sides. Obviously, we mentioned that side-by-sides in general are a little bit more fragile. Um, do you think that side-by-sides are, you know, going to take over bouncers in terms of, like, you know, racers wanting to go out and go, you know, everybody wants to race a side-by-side, and people are building less bouncers. Do you think that that's coming? No. I don't think no, so I, either. I'll be honest I, with absolutely. you. Absolutely. I mean, it... The, the, the Razor guys, they have their thing, and it's great. I enjoy watching them, but I don't think they'll ever take over rock bouncing for the big buggies. Yeah, I agree with you, and especially with the level of production chassis that we're seeing from places like Wide Open Design and Busted Knuckle. Um, you know, people are ordering chassis left and right, and yeah. uh, I'm excited to see, you know, again... More, more production, more spotlight, more sponsors, and the sport gets bigger and it gets more popular. And uh, I think that for the big stuff, we'll definitely see the full size bouncers still, you know, stay king. Yeah, I agree with that. Now let me ask you this too: Would you ever consider modifying your bouncer to, uh, you know, race in an endurance series if they offered it for the full size? Maybe you know, instead of a seven, you know, say for example, instead of a seven mile race. They did, you know, a three or four mile race with the big buggies. Do you think you'd be interested in something like that? No, not in the bouncer that I've got. I'd have to. Well, because I know I would, have, I, I would have to do too much work. Probably change the engine, change the right. system. But I would want to. If I was going to race endurance, I would want to change a lot of things just personally, but. But uh, Do you I don't th- think I would ever convert the bouncer that I have now. Yeah. Hang on one second for me. My, uh... Hey, you all Sorry about that. I uh, we'll, and we'll edit this part out. My kid was in the kitchen trying to get some apples, and I just heard like a <laughs> bunch of stuff fall on the floor. <laughs> oh, um, but anyways, uh, is there? I guess we can just jump right back into it. Um, 
Yeah, with that, I mean, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about before we kind of talk about where you're going to be the rest of the season and where people can come find you? Yeah, we have. And I love conversations like this because, again, you have a unique perspective. You're an OG of the sport. You've been around, you know, the entire time. And uh, I'm excited to see what you've got for the rest of the season because you are right on that edge of, of being top five. And you're, you're, you know, you're one of the guys that pushes the top guys and, and is, is in that top guy group and uh, has the potential to make a, you know, that dangerous stab at the top. So... Uh, where, what, what races are you going to be at for the rest of the year? Uh, I'll finish out all of the SRS. Uh, so you've got Blue Haulers, our next one at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. And then I think we go to Rush Springs. Can't quite remember the whole series off my head. Yeah, I'll see if I can pull it up here. Um, what's Blue Holler like? I feel like that's a park that doesn't really get a whole lot of attention. I don't know. I've never been there. Okay. I've, I've watched it on videos. Uh, I hear it's a great, great park. Which, when you were asking me my favorite parks, I should have just said any of them in Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, Kentucky has got some of the best uh, off-road parks. The red. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule here. Um, it's got Blue Holler on the 23rd, and then it, yep. it, you got a whole nother month gap there, and then you go to Rush Springs, and then uh, about a couple days, September, October, yeah, the next weekend, next two or weekend or two, uh, you got the championships. Yeah. Man. That's crazy. It's going to be that over that fast. Yeah. That's wild. But, so I'll run the rest of SRS, and then I plan on running the rest of Pro Rock. So uh, let me look and pull up the Pro Rock schedule while we're out here. Um, it seems like, and again, I bring this up on to a couple different drivers. Um, it seems like Pro Rock is having y'all run, you know, steeper hills, more violent hills, and Southern Rock Racing Series is kind of having y'all do a little bit like uh, flatter, maybe longer distance stuff, uh, you know, outside of Hawk Pride. Uh, is that a pattern that you as a driver have noticed? I have, yes. Uh, Rock seems more like a, well, with the exception of their last race at Wildcat, but they seem more, more like a bounty. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. And that's, that bounty hills are a lot of fun, uh, and they set it up kind of like, I mean, but, yeah, I noticed that pattern. Uh, Joey, he uh, he tried to make some pretty hard or hard races, I guess you would say. Yeah. Rather rather than just the norm like SRS does. Yeah, ex- and that's, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I enjoy SRS because it is a, it is a race, and it, mm-hmm. 90% of the time it is fast. Yeah, and it, it, they, they just seem different. And also, you know, it seems like you get, constantly you're going to have all the big names at every SRRS race because it seems to be uh, pretty established and as being the standard, I would assume. Yeah. So it looks like for the Pro Rock Series, you got uh, Winrock next weekend, and then they, they have a to-be-decided for September. Uh, it, there's no details on there yet. And then that's you, going to be, that's, the one in December is going to be at Mine Made, and it's going to be a four-wide knockout race. Oh, really? Yeah, and Survival. That's the one in September? 
I'm pretty positive of it. Oh, I might have to be there. September 6th. Yeah, I've run one knockout race, and it's pretty exciting. Man, that's my kid's birthday <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> Dang it. Well, what a better way to spend it than after races. Oh, man, I would love to drag her. She, she'd be going, she's going to be turning six. She would absolutely kill me if we spent her birthday. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I may have to be watching from home on that one. That's good, though. Uh, and then y'all are off to rush. And then it says uh, Taylor County Boondocks in October. And, and it says Mega mega Trucks and Short Course. Um, yeah. So are, are bouncers going to be at that? No. Okay. No. Okay. So, I'll be, so we'll be at uh, Windrock and Rush. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then it says Legends of the Fall on Thursday, November 7th, um, which I'm not sure what that is. It doesn't have any details on here as well. I, th- I think y'all got some pretty exciting stuff going on for that that's cool man i can i can make that one so i'll uh, i'll have to come out i hadn't been to a pro rock race this year and i'd love to come out and meet everybody and um i think we're actually going to have joey on the show here before too long and going to get the going to get the crack down for what he has in mind for the next uh you know the next upcoming season yeah he's got he's got a lot of things going on and and he's always he's always doing great i mean even after races are pretty well organized things run smoothly he tries to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey's a good guy. That's good to hear, man. We need uh, all the good people we can get in our corner, you know? Yeah, and, and, and him and Clyde both. I mean, I can pick up the phone and call them at any time. And a lot of race promoters, you can't do that to. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I text Clyde weekly. I text Joey weekly. So they're, they're good guys. Well, good. That's always good to hear. But like you said, Southern Rock Racing Series, uh, the Pro Rock Series, that's where people can come find you. Um, are yep. you going to be at any other events or special things that they have going on uh, this season? I don't know if there's any expos left. Uh, no, there is a Bracket Buster race. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you've seen that one at AOP. Oh, they're doing but another they're, one at AOP? No, they're doing one at uh, Mid-America Outdoors on yeah. Labor Day weekend. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about that place. Yeah, I mean, it, I've looked it up, and it's it looks like a jam-up place. I mean, yeah. campsites, stuff for the kids to do. I'm, th- I'm thinking about going out there to that. I'm not 100% uh, set on it yet. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll keep keep everybody posted. Speaking of which, if people want to find out more information about you, um, are you on Facebook or Instagram? I'm on both. I don't I don't frequent my Instagram account that much. I haven't quite figured out how to use Instagram. Yeah, I'm not a big fan <laughs> of it. <laughs> but uh, I do. I'm on Facebook. We have a Team Bacon Racing Facebook page. Okay. Well, I try to good. keep it up to date, but. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's that's what I've been using through this podcast to talk about here. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. So it's it's up to date, pretty good. Yeah. All right, Tim. Well, is there anything else that I can uh, that you want to say, or anybody you want to give a shout out to while I got you? Uh, just want to thank all my fans, my supporters, my wife. Uh, she stands behind me one hundred percent. My entire family and the team, the little team bike and racing that we put together. I got a. I gotta thank all of those, so. and that's about it. Well, that's awesome, man. I know that uh, you know you got a lot of people standing behind you at every single race, and it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. And uh, with that, we'll close it out. All right. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. 
Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the show. Um, again, want to give a shout out to my friends at Pack Racing Springs. Um, no suspension system is complete without a sway bar. Their Trailhawk and Schroeder series sway bars are top of the line. If you are someone who's already got a spring kit on there or already upgraded their tender springs, this sway bar is kind of the final piece that you need. Um, and a lot of you guys are like, well, I'll take my sway bar off, you know, blah, 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 blah. And if you listen to the podcast we did with Pack Racing Springs, you know, nine times out of ten when people take their sway bar off, they're just chasing a better spring rate. So if you fix your spring rate and you're interested in being able to go fast again, you know, maybe it's a little bit more wobbly than it used to be, having a sway bar that's dialed in and perfected just to what you need is the answer. Pack Racing Springs will step up and do that for you. Customer service is unparalleled, and they offer all listeners 10% off with code ROR at checkout. And again, the full spring kit, the tender spring kit, they have light, standard, and heavy versions, all for different applications. I cannot speak highly enough of that. Um, I run that standard kit on my car, and it's just the best, uh, hands down. Infinite Off-Road is also someone I'd like to give a shout out to. Again, the 25-year You Break It, They Fix It warranty on all Infinite Off-Road products, including light bars, light pods, mirrors with lights in them, wheel rings, you know, rock lights, whips, everything you can think of, it's great. And I'm super stoked to have them on board. Uh, they've been the first sponsor of the show, and there's good reason because customer service is unparalleled, and Mike has been really great to help everybody out. Um, again, all things UTV as well. Basically everything else, blow-off valve, shifters, axles, tires and wheels, um, you know, and that's for Can-Ams, Polaris, YXZs, or I don't whatever the Yamaha is, uh, and Talons. He's been R&Ding with some Talons right now, and he's got spring kits for those, and, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that in there, and uh, everything is going great over at All Things UTV because their customer service is unmatched. Again, all my sponsors have the best customer service in the industry. I would not work with them if it wasn't the case. But most importantly, everybody, thanks for listening to the show. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes. Thanks.